Well, hello and welcome to Faith Life 365 podcast number 15. My name is Tim Hardison, and we are talking about hindrances to faith. Now, if you missed past podcasts, uh, you can go back, listen, and get caught up with us. So in podcast 14, we had continued talking about how a lack of understanding of the new covenant is a hindrance to our faith, and that was part five. So in part five, we talked about the new covenant and the Passover uh, meal or the Seder meal. Now in this podcast, which is part six, we're going to pick up where we left off and talk about what the new covenant means to us today. So let's pray and get started. Father God, we come before you now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, and as always, we thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you give us throughout each and every day, Father. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray now that you open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear. Father, as we study your word, that we may understand your word, renew our minds, give us knowledge, wisdom, understanding, grow our faith now as we hear and study your word today. Amen and amen. Now, we have taken a fairly in-depth look at what a covenant is, what a blood covenant is, and we've looked at the old covenant. We looked at how God through Jesus gave us the new covenant. But what exactly is in the new covenant and what does it mean to us today? We're going to start by letting God's Word do most of the talking here. This is how the Apostle Paul put it in his epistle to the Romans. So Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21 of the New Living Translation. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, Everyone died, from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ, who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through his other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death, through this one man, Jesus Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, my words. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow. The new covenant by God's grace and through our faith in Jesus gives us eternal life. It's not by works or by the law. Let's look now at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, New Living Translation. 
Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been, get, that you've been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus." So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is the gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Under the new covenant, salvation and eternal life is God's free gift. It requires no work from you, only your faith in Jesus, the Anointed One. No blood sacrifices of animals, no working hard to please God. You only need to believe to have faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Repent of your sins, confess Him with your mouth, and your spirit will be born again, and you will become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Let's hear straight from the words of Jesus. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. This is the New Living Translation. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born in the Spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish leader, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world or condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. But anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. So as we see, under the new covenant, not only are we born again in our spirit and made to be a new creation, a new creature, 
receiving eternal life through Jesus, but we also receive the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John chapter 14, verses 23 through 26 of the New Living Translation. And Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. This is the New Living Translation. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. Now let's read the Apostle Paul explaining to the church of Galatia the difference between the Old Covenant law and the New Covenant and the Holy Spirit. Now this is Galatians chapter 3, verses 1-14, through 14, the New Living Translation. O foolish Galatians! Who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of His death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the Scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in His sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when He said, All nations will be blessed through you, for all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under His curse. For the Scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the Scriptures say, It is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the Scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. The Holy Spirit is sent to us by God to dwell in us. 
the Holy Spirit takes up permanent residence in us, sealing us in our inheritance in Christ Jesus as children of God. The Holy Spirit teaches us, prompts us, gives us guidance, encourages us, and leads us into all truth. Through Jesus, we have been given the blessings of Abraham. The curse of the law has been removed. Jesus became the curse for us. Now, under the new covenant, Jesus becomes our high priest. Our sins are cleansed, removed, washed away forever, not just covered or hidden. It's as if we never committed the sins. It's not by the law or by works, but by God's grace and faith in Jesus. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. He's mediating for us. He's pleading our case. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, New Living Translation. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the world. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 and verse 6 of the New Living Translation. Here is the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a fair, better covenant with God based on better promises. So under the new covenant, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, the New Living Translation. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Under the new covenant, we become the righteousness of God. We are made as righteous as Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21 of the New Standard uh, or the English Standard Version. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Under the new covenant, Jesus has given us the power of attorney to use his name. 
John chapter 16, verses 23 through 24 of the New Living Translation. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and He will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Mark chapter 16, uh, verses 15 through 18, New Living Translation. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Notice Jesus has given us the use of, in my name, use my name. Under the new covenant, we have been given authority to cast out demons, Poisons will not harm us. We will pray over the sick and they will be healed. We will be given a new language through the Holy Spirit. Snakes will not harm you. What? <laughs> yes, I know. This scripture tends to freak some people out. These are the words of Jesus, folks. They're not my words. This is Jesus speaking. Now, some churches and, and people have gone to the extreme. Uh, you know, they, they, they go to the extremes of, of snake handling to prove that they are Christians. Well, this is not what Jesus said. Just as he didn't say, go out and drink poisons to prove you're a Christian either. The Apostle Paul was shipwrecked on an island. A poisonous viper bit him. He shook off the viper into the fire and, and was unharmed. The Apostle Paul didn't go out searching for a viper to handle and to bite him in front of the natives to, or to prove that his God was real. No, God protected Paul from the viper because of his faith in Jesus and his obedience. Now, I believe Jesus was saying to us, if we were following him in faith, listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what He has called us to do, we will be protected from all these things, and we will be able to do what He says we can do. It's that simple. Under the new covenant, all Christians have been called to be disciples, to spread the Word of God throughout all nations. So let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This is the English Standard Version. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Some translations say to the end of the world. Under the new covenant, Jesus has given us authority to bind and to loose on the earth. Jesus said that if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for them. For where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there among them. Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. This is the English Standard Version. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. So can you see how much we have been given and promised under the new covenant? And we're not done yet, but we are out of time again. So I want you to join us for the next podcast. And we're going to pick back up right here talking about the new covenant and what it means to us today. I want to thank you for listening today. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.